Well, I'm excited to be down here in the parish hall for this service. This is the first time I have been down here since we've flipped this room. So those of you who've been here for a long time know it used to be oriented the other way, and I kind of like this. Someone told me this morning, one of the children said, it looks Lent-ish. And I said, sure, looks Lent-ish. This is the third Sunday of Lent. And on this third Sunday of Lent, we continue this seasonal journey. And last week, we asked the question, what is it to be Jesus's disciple? Right, if you remember last week's reading, Peter finally figured out that Jesus was the Messiah. And in doing so, he figured out that Jesus had all this potential to fulfill the prophecies. And then Jesus right afterwards said, and by the way, I'm gonna die. And Peter said, that, that must not be right. And so he told Jesus, he misunderstood this. And Jesus rebuked him, get behind me, Satan, right? You're thinking of human things, not divine things. And then proceeded to unpack what it was like to be a disciple of Jesus. We don't get our way all the time. In fact, most often, God's economy, God's way of being is so different than what we might think it is that we've got to struggle all the time to figure out what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. Today, we ask sort of the next question. What is it to be the church of Jesus, right? Not just individual disciple, but disciples together in a community, the church. Now, it took us a while to sort of get to this place, right? We read the story from Exodus, which is a great story, right? Moses brings the Israelites out of Egypt. They come to the foot of Mount Sinai, and on Mount Sinai, Moses receives the commandments. And then the Jews take those commandments and begin to ask questions about, well, what about this and what about that? Sort of like if I were to say to you, the way to be a really good husband or wife is to just love your spouse. Go, right? Most of you would probably say, well, what happens in this situation or that situation? Or if they say this or do that, then what should I do? And that's really what the Jews did for hundreds of years. They took these commandments that Moses received and they began to parse them out. And over hundreds and hundreds of years, they created this incredibly detailed legal system. The point of the legal system was really to help them do what God wanted done, except that over those hundreds of years, the laws had become so defined, so specific, that people started to function in the right way, but miss perhaps the purpose of God's commandments. And we see that when Jesus arrives at the temple. Right? So Jesus comes to the temple and he sees what he calls a marketplace. And let's unpack what that really is. So these people were not bad people, right? They weren't doing something inherently evil. What they had figured out is that when people needed an animal to sacrifice in the temple, that animal needed to be without blemish. That's a legal term that they had figured out. And it was really hard if you had a long journey, which most of the pilgrims did, to bring an animal without blemish to the temple for a sacrifice. And so really what's happening here are some good Jews figuring out that if they opened a 7-Eleven right inside the temple and sold all these convenience goods, that people would buy them, right? Now, I remember growing up loving 7-Eleven. I would always go to 7-Eleven with my dad like on Saturdays, and he would always get me that thing that my mother told us we weren't allowed to eat. 
And so it was always this special place, right? And even now, you run in and out of a 7-Eleven, you get that one convenient thing that you didn't bring with you or that perhaps was too difficult to get. It's so convenient. That's just what's happening in the temple today. These people have brought the doves and the lambs and the goats and the whatever in order to sell to the pilgrims to make sacrifices to God. Now, when you say it that way, it doesn't sound all bad, except what they had done is they had figured out how to function within the law, but they had really missed the purpose of the law, right? God does not need the dove or the lamb. God wants you, us, and them to actually sacrifice something valuable, right? To say thank you for everything that we get, all the blessings we receive. God asks for us to just be grateful and to show that gratitude in some tangible way. That's the purpose. And by making it almost too convenient, we're missing that purpose, right? So Jesus walks into the temple and Jesus gets angry. And let's not mince words here, right? We may want to say, well, Jesus's anger was like kind of gracious anger, right? Or it was loving anger. No, it was not. He was mad. And it's okay for Jesus to be mad. Jesus walked in that marketplace and he started flipping tables. Now, can you imagine being in this scene, right? With all these people making a living, selling these things, and Jesus walks in by himself and starts destroying it all? What amazes me most about this story is not that Jesus got angry, but it's that they didn't like kill him, right? I mean, here is this guy ruining their whole livelihood and they seem to just kind of, what, watch him do it? And then when he does this thing and gets angry and whips the animals out of the market, the Jews said, excuse me, prophet or rabbi, why in the world do you think you have the right to do this? And Jesus' response is really the heart of today's gospel lesson. Jesus says, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. And just like good literalists, like most of us, people look around and they're like, do you see this building? Right, this has been under construction for generations. You could not even come close to A, destroying it or rebuilding it in three days. But what is Jesus really getting at in this message? The temple this holy spot, the capital T, location of God on earth, is not really where God is. God instead is in the body of Christ. And when Jesus dies and resurrects, ascends and leaves his apostles to spread the church, what becomes the body of Christ in his physical absence? Us. We as disciples, when we gather together, become the body of Christ on earth. Jesus walks into the holiest site and says, all of this may have been well-intentioned, but you have missed the point because God is not in these bricks. God is in us. And how often do we make this same mistake, right? If I were to say to you, what is the church? Most of us would probably point to a thing, right? Something physical like that, this building, that is the church. But in all honesty, it's not. 
It's a nice building, right? It may be a special place where we sing and we share communion, but we, the people, are the church. And this gets confused all the time, mostly because we begin to think that the church is this disembodied thing that we attend, right? We go to church. We are not church. And when we need the church, we often think it's something beyond ourselves. I heard a story a pastor once told, and anyone who is in this business has heard this kind of thing a hundred, if not a thousand times. A guy, member of a church, active in his church, ran into someone out in the world who was in need, right? He was hungry, he was homeless, needed a place to stay, he had lost his job and just needed some help for a few days in order to get a job and to find a place to live. And so this guy called his church, right? And no one was able to talk to him at the moment, so he left a message. Later that day, he called again. Still no one was able to talk to him, and he got really angry. And so on Sunday, he came ready to go to find the pastor to say, excuse me, pastor, I met a man who was in need. He needed food. He needed a place to stay so he could find a new job. And I called the church. I called the church three times. Nobody was available to talk to me. Nobody was able to help this man. So I ended up taking him back to my house. I let him stay in my house. I fed him and I helped him while he searched for a new job. And I'm angry because the church should be helping people in need just like that, especially when people like me find them out in the world. And the pastor kind of looked at this man and he said, well, you know what? I think the church did help. And how often are we in that kind of situation where we think the church should do something when it's us? Nothing more than us is the church. We are called as disciples, not just for an individual experience, but to actually come together. You know, one of the questions I like to vet in classes is, can you be Christian alone? And the answer is, eh, it's not a good idea. We are so much better together. And when we take our individual discipleship and bring it to a group like this, we become so much stronger. And our capacity to spread this gospel message becomes so much greater. And so on this Lenten journey, as we begin to go over the hump toward Holy Week and Easter, I hope that you've taken the opportunity to say some special prayers and to consider your own discipleship. But beyond that, I hope you're also beginning to ask yourself the question, what is it that I can do as an individual, as a part of this community? Jesus's body is now us. We are Christ's hands and feet in the world. And if we don't come together, we will never be the kind of strength that God hopes for. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is really talking about what we can do together. So as we finish this Lenten journey together, I empower you to figure out what it is you can do so that you really own this ask to be the church in a new way, in a creative way, And when we all do this together, we, as Jesus' body on earth, actually bring about heaven now. Let us say a prayer. God, in this season of Lent, 
you invite us to reconsider, to return toward you, and in doing so, deepen our own discipleship as well as expand your kingdom through this body of Christ here at St. Michael. May we all have the courage and the vision to invite your spirit into our lives and allow you to change and transform us for the good so that we can be agents to extend and expand your kingdom here in Dallas and beyond. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.